0: All right. How are you guys doing? Okay. Cool. (laughs) So this is a little bit different, a little different environment, huh? Mm Yeah. Cool. Okay. So I think we're all kind of nervous, so you'll have to have some grace with us. But um, so as you all know, we are in a series called The One, and you all have been texting in questions Um, And all of that, so we're going to kind of go over that today, some of the questions that y'all texted in and kind of um, unpack those a little bit. So, um, it was kind of cool seeing all the questions because you guys had a lot of, like, a common theme. A lot of y'all had the same type of questions. So, we're going to be talking about everything from boundaries to homosexuality to divorce to dating your best friend's ex. So, we got some good stuff tonight. Um, so, before we get started, um, we are going to kind of share a little bit of our testimonies with y'all. And then we'll pray, and then we'll kind of start unpacking stuff. Are y'all okay with that? Y'all good? Give me like a, one of these things. Okay, cool. All right. So, my name is Mary, for those of y'all who don't know me. Um, I grew up a non-believer. And um, I learned about sex, um, not from my parents, but from school. So, like, from friends at school, like, as early as elementary school. Um, So, uh, during high school, I was rarely ever single. And um, I made some mistakes during that time that I didn't really care about um, as well. So, uh, I had my first real Christ-centered relationship towards the end of my senior year in high school. And it was during that time and during that relationship um, that I learned what it really looks like to really love Jesus and to have a relationship that modeled that as well. So, Cool. I'm Christy.
1: Um, I used to be on the student ministry staff, so I recognize a lot of you guys. Um, and I can't sit and talk because I can't. But my relationship testimony is different than Mary in that um, I didn't date a ton in high school and college. It just wasn't like my main purpose. And I'm actually going to address some of that in one of my questions. Um, but I have been married for four years. Um, this summer was four years and I'm married to Mark and he's super hot and (laughs) I have to say that I can't help it. Um, but when I married him, I got, I inherited four awesome stepkids and um, they're all teenagers. So I'm used to talking to teenagers a lot. So um, I'm excited to talk to you guys. I love talking about relationships because I think it's so important and God created us for relationships. So I'm excited um, for us to have this discussion and then for you guys to have, go to small group and um, talk together about everything that we've talked about. So, um, My name's
2: Caitlin. I am 23. I Through high school... Um, had kind of long relationships, if that's even what you want to call it, um, kind of stuck with the same guy um, through half of the first year of high school, and the second half, I was with the guy for five years, um, so in that, though, I never understood what it meant to truly be satisfied and confident in myself and filled up to the brim, um, because Jesus wasn't in the picture in any of that, um, so it wasn't until actually like two and a half years ago that I kind of realized what it meant to have um, a solid foundation on Christ um, and be filled up in him and now since I allowed him to fill me up and satisfy me I now know what it's like to be in a healthy relationship um, and have been in one for a year and a half that is healthy so um, that's kind of where my heart is and I hope that I can kind of relay that to you guys tonight. Cool,
0: so y'all want to pray and then we'll get started. Yep. Okay, let's pray. Um, God, we thank you so much for tonight, Lord. Um, I just thank you so much for all the questions that were sent in, um, and God, we just pray that you have all the glory for tonight. Um, God, just in our words and in our actions, and I pray that as uh, Christy, Caitlin, and myself were preparing for this, um, God, that you were just speaking um, to us, so that way you can speak through us tonight, God, and that um, we ask that all this be about you, um, and that we um, come to understand, just, or have a better understanding of um, how you would have us, um, be in relationships and, um, and all of that, God. So we love you. Uh, we ask that you have all the praise and all the glory for tonight. And it's your name that we pray this. Amen. Okay. So we have a lot of questions and we don't have a ton of time. So we're going to do this not kind of quickly, but kind of quickly. So, okay. So the first question was, what do you think are appropriate boundaries for Christ centered relationship? And what does God say about marriage? Um, okay. So let's, uh, unpack the marriage part first. Um, So I have never been married uh, So I can't really help you there But I can tell you um, what scripture says about marriage And uh, marriage is not some man-made thing Uh, Marriage has always been God's idea Um, And marriage is the best picture of the relationship between Christ and the church And it's a spiritual representation of our relationship with God Uh, And scripture also tells us that marriage was uh, designed for companionship and intimacy So, okay As far as boundaries go, I have three emotional boundaries and three physical boundaries, so we will start with the emotional ones. Number one, guard your heart. Uh, Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Um, One of the most pieces, or this is one of the most important pieces of advice that I could give you. Uh, You also need to hold out for someone who is also going to guard your heart, and not just guard it because they're told to, but because they want to as well. Um, Number two. I said accountability partner. Now, this doesn't mean that, like, this is someone who you meet with every week and they, like, talk with you about your relationship, but it's just someone who knows about your relationship and will ask you the hard questions, um, and will be able to speak truth into that as well um, and speak truth into it even if it hurts. So uh, number three for emotional, I said expectations, and I said have none. Um, This has been one of my biggest struggles as a believer, and um, especially when it comes to dating. And now like there are like common sense expectations, like that he showers and that he like brushes his teeth, like that we live in America. You can take a shower every day. It's okay. Um, But when you're on Pinterest late at night and you like click on the wedding section and like you start having these thoughts of like, this is what my life is going to be like and stuff like that. um, Go ahead and be careful and don't think that because that can be very deadly. Uh, Physical uh, boundaries. Number one, keep your clothes on. Uh, whether it's in person or through a text message, don't let me hear about you taking your clothes off um, because I will find you and then I'll hurt you. Uh, But then I'll hug you because uh, chances are the person you're sending that to is most likely not the only person that's going to be seeing that. And that happened to me in high school and that was not fun at all. Um, Number two, keep your hands to yourself. uh, And then I quoted Mean Girls or you will get pregnant and die. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding, just um, kidding. But for real, you need to take your physical life seriously. Uh, maybe ask yourself with the person that you're wanting to date or that you are dating, um, if would he still like me a month from now if we had never, if we still hadn't like made out. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Cool. So just think about that. Um, and then my third one is learn to pump the brakes and to over communicate with each other. Um, so as some of you know, I started dating a boy named Cody back in April. And uh, before, oh gosh, <laughs> before, the, <laughs> before the summer started. And uh, when we first started dating, we both sat down and kind of talked about uh, where we both were coming from with past relationships. Um, and that's been really great. Uh, and since, because we both have messed up in the past, we know that, we know what the other person struggles with and how to set the other person up for success. And um, I never, ever want to set Cody up for failure. And I never, ever want to put Cody in a situation where he would be tempted um, either. So um, I care more about Cody's heart than I do what's in his pants. Um, so, and plus it's like way more attractive to me if like a guy is like, let's pump the brakes instead of him being like, let's take our clothes off. Um, so that is what I have for boundaries.
1: Cool. I would add one thing um, that I like to tell girls about boundaries um, is that if you can't verbally tell, for instance, somebody you trust, like your leader, what your boundaries are, then you should not be dating. And Mm -hmm. I think that's really important for you to think about um, that you could actually say, this is not where I want to go and and why. And so I think that's really important. Okay. My question, uh, my first question is why is divorce allowed? So let's do it. (laughs) Okay, first of all, the way that this um, question was written, it was written in a very personal way, and so I didn't want to read all of that, but I wanted to take just a minute and relate to a lot of you, because I'm sure, um, even by statistics, that many of you um, have divorced in your family you're mom and dad are, are divorced. And so it's real personal to you, just like it was to this girl who asked this question. It's also very personal to me. When I was 12, my parents split up and me and my brothers, we lived with my dad actually. And, um, so it's super personal to me. Um, when I read a question from one of y'all, um, about what you're thinking and, and about what you're going through. Cause when I was your age, um, I lived in a home just like that as well. And so some of you may have step-parents, and I am a step-parent, so I can relate to you in that way. And I'm also a stepdaughter to someone, and so I I get you. So I wanted to answer this question because um, I can relate relationally in so many different ways when it comes to this. So first of all, um, just to simply answer the question, um, divorce, as is many things that God created, like God created marriage, like Mary said, Um, to be this awesome thing, and it can be, but sin messes so many things like that up, and so ultimately you're sitting there, and you're hearing things that we teach every week at Westridge, whether it's Reckless or on Sunday, and you're like, why can that even happen, and sin messes a lot of things up, and God did not intend for divorce, and he, he didn't create us for that, But um, there's all sorts of different reasons that um, people get divorced. Some are biblically God says, okay, this is an exception, and then there's some that aren't. And I don't want to focus so much on that. I want to put that aside a little bit, and you can talk specifically about that with your leader if you'd like. Uh, What I really want to focus on um, to kind of go off of what Mary was saying is more about marriage and how marriage is hard and divorce can happen for different reasons. And I want to focus a little bit more on that than just divorce solely. So um, I want you, um, when we were talking with Todd about all these questions, we were talking about, we don't want to be up here and saying, you know, don't do this, don't do this. Mm-hmm. We want you guys to come away and just have a really good perspective based on the hard questions that you're asking. And even though you may have experienced divorce in your home, um, I don't want you guys personally, I do not want you to go away and feel like you have no hope for your marriage one day because you totally do. Um, and so divorce impacts us all, whether it's your family or a friend, you've seen it. You, your friend might have a stepmom, you might have a stepmom, um, and there's all sorts of crazy things that can happen with that, and I, I totally get that. Um, one thing I want you guys um, to really know is that, and remember is that we were made in God's image. So we were made to be like him. And when we understand that our marriages are to reflect the relationship between Christ and his church, it leaves no room for what culture has made marriages to be, which what I mean by that is, um, whether it's a movie or the way people talk about it at school or Hollywood, um, marriage is kind of made to be just another relationship. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. And, um, so our culture has made it to be all sorts of crazy things and, um, what it really is, is a commitment. Like when you get married, I got married on July 23rd, 2010, <laughs> and I made this commitment and I remember that day. But our culture has made it all about that day. And I, what I want you guys to, to know, and she was talking about Pinterest and you can get all crazy with wedding crap, um, is that marriage is not just a feeling. And I think that's what we see portrayed out there a lot is that. Um, everything is happy and there's rainbows and birds and pretty songs playing all the time and we're skipping. And that is just not the truth. And the truth is, is that, like I said, marriage is a commitment and it's also a choice that you make. And, um, life is hard. So when you, um, live your life, things happen. They're hard. When you combine your life with someone else, you have two people that have hard things that happen and that's difficult. And so you have to be you have to have that feeling, you have to love them, but you also have to say, I choose to love you, and I'm committed to you, and I think that that is something that, if you guys can understand that right now in high school, that will just change the way that you choose your relationships moving forward, and so when I say real things happen, um, I'm thinking of things like, um, you know, if something happens to somebody in my husband's family, that's rough. And I got to walk through that with him. If something like that were to happen in my family, we've got to walk through that together when sometimes it's so hard and we just want to quit. And that's what our culture has done. They have said that it's okay to do that. And what God is asking is that this is a commitment that you guys have made together. And this is your choice. They also do stuff some days where you don't feel like loving them. Like, "Mm, let's see, leave underwear on the floor, um, pee on the seat. Mm. Um, I mean, my husband doesn't really do that. He's pretty neat, a neat freak. Um, But there's some things that they do. He is standing in the back, so I have to be careful. (laughs) Um, um, They do things, and some days you're just like, I really don't feel like loving you right now. Um, Or they just aren't sweet to you, or you're not sweet to them. And this is mostly me in my marriage. Um, My husband leaves for work at, like, 325, But he likes to have a conversation, and I'm real mean. Like, I don't remember, but, like, later in the afternoon, he'll be like, do you know what you said to me when I was leaving? I was like, no, I don't. So he has to choose to love me in those situations. Um, So if you are a child of divorced parents... I think it would be easy for you to write off relationships or view them in a really hard way. And I did that to an extent, but I want to give you just a little bit of a positive turn on some of that stuff. So when my parents got divorced, I was pretty uh, choosy about relationships, and I had mentioned that I didn't date very much in high school or college, and I don't think that that is bad at all. Um, But it is why I didn't date very much in high school or college, but it helped me to really consider who I was going to date when I was. So that would be like a positive spin on that. Also, um, it's probably why I was four months shy of 30 before I got married, but I waited for the person that I really felt God was leading me towards. Um, And ultimately, it helped me value that God created marriage and in that he knew that he was doing so um, with guidelines that are so very important. And you can have a great marriage even if you are living in a home where maybe that's not modeled for you or your parents are split up and for those of you who don't relate to that, that, but do see a really healthy marriage in your house, or you have a stepmom and a dad who are now displaying a really healthy marriage, hold on to that and, and watch that. But I don't want you guys for one second to think that if, you know, your parents are divorced, that's, that's the route for you because God has something much better in mind for you guys.
2: So I'm tackling the big bad wolf in the room of homosexuality um because it's something that i'm passionate about i um have a gay brother he i grew up in a christian home um i was saved when i was a 7th grader i think um i was with my brother when he accepted christ when he was in ninth grade um it wasn't until i think it was like the end of his senior year um or right before he started college that he came out um So, um, my first question in that is, if you're gay, can you still be a Christian? Um, I just kind of want to take gay out of the picture for a minute and put in, if you're um, having sex outside of marriage, can you still be a Christian? If you are chasing after your own will for your life instead of God's, can you still be a Christian? Um, Can you um, lie and still be a Christian? All of this is yes. God doesn't see the sin. He sees the sinner. Um, or he sees the sin, not the sinner. Woo, that's backwards. Um, and in that, um, it all comes down to what God did on the cross. And when we, um, as Christians, realize that and accept Jesus into our hearts, that's what makes us a Christian. Our behavior doesn't make us a Christian or we would all be in a world of hurt. Um, so, um, with that, though, it doesn't mean it's not a sin. Um, it goes back kind of to what Mary was saying and um, explaining that God intended marriage and relationships for a man and a woman, and it clearly states that in the Bible. Um, and homosexuality is a sin um, and considered sexual immorality because it kind of contradicts what God has intended for us um, in relationships. Um, but with that being said, um, I kind of just don't want to say the rights and wrongs of homosexuality tonight. Um, Like I said, I'm passionate about it. Um, I have a gay brother who's a Christian and practices Christianity. um, And as a family, we still have probably more faith in Jesus today than we ever have um, because of stuff that we've been through. Um, And through that, it has never changed the way that I loved him, just like it will never change the way that we love any of you guys. And it should never change the way that you guys love any of your friends or anybody that you know is battling that. Um, because we all battle things, and like I said, it doesn't come down to the sinner. Um, it comes down to the sin itself, and we should be there for each other and fight for each other when it comes to sin. Um, whether it's homosexuality or lying or jealousy or um, sex outside of marriage, we should all be rallying for um, each other um, and just kind of pursuing, like I said, what the Lord has intended for us um, in that Um We have provided packets at the next table that kind of discusses homosexuality and um, kind of breaks down some questions that we don't have near enough time to get into tonight. Um, So please feel free to pick those up um, because it breaks down questions with Bible verses and all kinds of helpful stuff for you guys. So, All right, second set of
0: questions. Thanks. All right, my second question is, what do I do if God isn't important to my boyfriend? He's not a non-believer. God just isn't a priority in his life. Um, And on the other end of that says, what if your significant other isn't as involved in church as you are? Um, Should you keep carrying on that relationship? So one of my favorite pastors is a guy um, by the name of Matt Chandler, and he kind of talks about this a good bit. And um, he, he's talking about husbands, but we can still apply that to dating as well. Um, and he says, Can I say something to young ladies? Your husband, whoever he is, will have an unbelievable amount of influence over your sons and daughters in regard to spirituality. If you want your children to love Jesus deeply, hold out for a man that is godly. I am well aware that godly men are rare. Um, there are lots of neat Christian guys, but not a lot of godly men. And we're working our tails off for you to try to develop some into that. Um, and I love this part. And says, But don't settle because it's better that you be lonely now than you be married and lonely later. Um, and it's better that you, uh, be lonely now than for you to get married to a man that will teach your kids everything, but the way of Jesus, um, to talk about the, the other end of that question, um, Matt Chandler also says that being a church person, but not a Jesus person is the same as being engaged, but not being married. Um, so Christy has, she had a similar question too, and she had a really great verse to go along with that. So she can go ahead and finish off that other part of it. Okay. Okay
1: my, uh, I'll get to that in just a second, but my next question is a little bit twofold. Um, the first part, is it bad to date someone that doesn't have a relationship with Christ? And so I'll do that one first. Um, simply put, um, when we are walking with God and when I say that, I mean, you've accepted Jesus, but not just that, that you're living for him, you're in his word, and you really genuinely want to do what his word says. Um, when you are there, I don't think that you want somebody who isn't there. And so for those of you who have that question, and I feel like a lot of the uh, questions we got had something to do with that. Um, They're all, you know, put out there a little bit different. Um, So I would really challenge you on um, your walk with Christ and where you're at um, and, and really that you would want someone who was there, who's going for what you were going for in your relationship with Jesus. Um, and so if, if that is true, you don't want to be with someone who doesn't value, you know, what you do in the same way. And on some of this, I've, I've been thinking a lot about this talk that we're doing right now. And there's some things that we're talking about and you're not there. And I would say that Todd asked us to be up here because he trusts us. And I'm just asking y'all to trust us too. Um, Because when I was your age and I wasn't dating a ton, I really did look to the people that were a little bit older and a little bit wiser who would say things like this. So for some of you, you're like, eh, um, I'm just saying, trust us. (laughs) Um, There's a great verse, and it's what Mary was talking about, that alludes to this. And um, if you guys have a Bible app, how many of you guys have an app on your phone for Bible? Um, You can pick a different um, translation. And so around here, we usually use uh, the ESV. But this translation I just really loved, and it's in the Message, which makes it just a little bit more modern terms. And it's Second Corinthians six fourteen, and it's the Message, and it says, "Don't become partners with those who reject God. How can you make a partnership out of right and wrong? That is not partnership. That is war." And I thought that was a really cool, vivid way to think about it um, in that in the ESV and other versions, it talks about being unequally yoked. And I just thought that this uh, would make sense to a lot of us in this room, um, that God's really wanting to prevent us from that war, basically. And just like the quote that she had from Matt Chandler, um, you know, and and I'll allude to this a little bit later, is that, it would, better, it would be better to be single than to be in that situation, I, w- I would say. Ultimately, you guys have submitted um, all these questions, and I would be kind of daring to say maybe that ultimately, a lot of you guys want to be married, um, and so a lot of these questions come from that. Like, we're not just in relationships, hopefully, to be in relationships, but ultimately, like, the goal would be that you want to get married one day, have a family, and all that awesome stuff. So, I want to put just this little idea in your head that, and you may think I'm cray, but um, what you do in your dating relationships right now as 15, 16, 17 year olds has a ton of impact on your marriage one day, which sounds crazy. So like if I was 15 and I heard somebody say that, and then I didn't get married till I was 29, I'd be like, what? Mm -hmm. But now that I'm married, I totally understand that the, the decisions that we're making right now, um, whether they're great decisions or not great decisions, they'll impact us. And so um, I, I have this kind of way of saying that is just to invest wisely now. I see it as like you're making little deposits into your marriage um, while you're dating right now. So um, one thought to leave you with when it comes to dating someone who loves for and is living for Jesus. If you're in the mindset that you want to date someone even even though you're not living, Sorry. Let me say it this way. I asked I asked some of my friends um if they had ever dated somebody who um was not a Christian after they were already following Jesus. And one of my friends said this. She said, When I was in college, um a whole bunch of my friends um told me not to date this guy, but I really wanted to date him, he was cute, blah blah blah. And um I said, What would you tell high schoolers now who are there. They're like, oh, this guy's awesome. He's cute. Doesn't love Jesus, but he's awesome and he's cute. Um, and she said that it will be much easier for him to bring you down to where he is Mm -hmm. than for you to be able to bring him up to where you are. So the other part of my question that that really answers is, um, she also asked, um, what if I want to date someone, but I'm going to be telling them about Jesus and all of that. Like, back in the day, they call that missionary dating. It doesn't really work out very well. And so, like she said, um, it will be so much easier for him to be like, come on, let's do this, let's do that, than for you not only to um, teach him about Jesus, but for him to then actually be able to lead you guys in your relationship. That just probably won't happen. So
2: Um, so then my next question off of those are, are high school relationships worth it? Um, I kind of have two sides to this Um, because, like I said, I was in a relationship all through high school. I was with one guy for the first half, and then later on, um, months after, I was with another guy the rest of it, and then way too much longer after that. Um, And so in that, I can see the side of it that it's, um, like, lessons being learned. um, But ultimately those high school relationships led to nothing but stress and heartache and um, manipulation, um, uh, bad news altogether. Um, It grew me, but um, it ultimately was not satisfying. Um, And it all comes down to the fact that I had um, my priorities messed up. I was allowing them to fill me up and try to satisfy me and give me things that only God can give me. Um, and so in that, after high school and after the long relationships, um, I took months um, to myself. I didn't date at all. And I told myself that the next person I'd date, um, I better see myself marrying him and him leading us in a healthy relationship and not one that wasn't just going to crumble and be miserable and be full of heartache and stress and worrying what was going to happen next. Um And so if I could tell my high school self um, one thing, it would be to not date, Um, not um, to like be holier than thou and stay away from boys because they're going to hurt me and try to get me to do bad things and all that good stuff, but just to um, focus on you and um, what your goals are and what your desires are for yourself and what you deserve and Um, to really try to seek after what the Lord says about us as women and what the Lord says about our worth and how he sees us. Um, Because if I had realized that a long time ago, I would have saved myself a lot of hurt. Um, Like I said, I see two sides of it. I can see that it's really um, kind of a lesson learned kind of deal, but ultimately it doesn't lead to anything um, but heartache until we are not only emotionally... Um, mature enough but definitely spiritually and that's where I was wrong through high school was my spiritual maturity was kind of on the back burner Um, I just got my satisfaction from my boyfriends at the time Uh, not two at one time but different times Um, but uh, that would be really bad Um, but um, just really seeking after the Lord with your whole heart and I can promise you from experience that he will provide the guy that is going to Treat you how the Lord made us to be treated, um, which is like princesses because we deserve it. So, yeah.
0: Cool. <clears throat> okay. Third set of questions. I'm like sweating. I know. Are y'all sweating? Oh. It's like hot. Okay. Uh, okay, we gotta do these really quickly, so we're gonna go through these really fast. Mm-hmm. My question is, well, not like my question, but this is the question I was given. <laughs> uh, what do you do if you dated your best friend's ex and she now hates you? Um, <clears throat> Okay, so I have three really quick steps. All right, step one, go to Publix. Step two, go to the bakery section of Publix, get a cake, have them write, I'm sorry, with frosting on top of the cake. Um, and then step three, on your way to her house, swing by Starbucks and grab her a pumpkin spice latte. Um, so my my main question is like... Uh, why did you do that? (laughs) Um, And like, and not in a mean way, but kind of like, what was your reasoning behind dating your best friend's ex? Um, And from the sound of it, it, the person said dated. So it sounds like they're also not dating that person anymore. Um, So I'm assuming, um, yeah, I'm just assuming that they're also not dating that, like the best friend's ex anymore. So um, I don't know. I just don't think it's a good idea. Uh, Unless you're engaged or married, I think your friendships are more important than your relationships. And uh, you should also be dating someone who is, like, going to be valuing, um, valuing, is that a word? Yeah? Okay. Uh, You want to date someone who also respects your friendships. Um, So ask your friend to meet you at Chipotle, buy her a burrito bowl, and, like, (laughs) she'll be fine. Um, so, but seriously, like try and get with her and, um, and just talk with her about that and, and all of that. So that's my advice about that.
1: (laughs) Okay. We're almost done. So give us just a couple more minutes. Okay. My quick question is, is it mandatory for a Christian to be married? It's not mandatory for anyone to be married. Um, in fact, 1 Corinthians 7, 8 says, and this is Paul speaking, to the unmarried and the widow, I say that it is good for them to remain single as I am, but if they cannot exercise self-control, which means sexual, they should marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. So there's that. Um, so you don't. it's not required for anyone to be married, um, but I would like to take this opportunity to talk about um, sex. I just wanted to be able to talk about that at some point. Um, God, God designed, uh, marriage. It was his idea and it's, it's a good idea. And he also designed sex, which also a good idea for marriage. (laughs) So he, he designed it only for marriage. And so that's kind of referring to that in that verse. But, um, I just want you guys to think about that. That's kind of what it's alluding to. But marriage is wonderful, but you work at it every single day, and it's super hard. It's one of the hardest things that you'll ever do. Um, And the fact that God designed marriage um, makes me think he knows something about it. So when he said that sex was for marriage, then um, he probably has an idea that that's the right way to go. So I really want to challenge you guys uh, with that as well in that quick question.
2: Um, Okay, so I have, how do you deal with a toxic relationship? Um, Like, you love the person so much, but it mentally damages you to be with them. Um, And with that, it also is asking about dating a guy older, um, a significant amount older, like five years older. Um, So, let me break this down in two different ways. Um, The toxic relationships run for your lives from toxic relationships. Um, if you think it's gonna get better, it's not gonna get better. Um, especially going back to the whole uh, non-believer thing um, and trying to date one and counting on them, um, or counting on yourself really to think that you're capable of bringing them up faster than they're gonna bring you down. Um, even if you've been for the, with a the person for a long time and it's, um, whether it's been toxic the whole time or it's starting to get toxic, um, whatever the reason might be, if you know that they are not good for you, ditch them. Um, in that, God promises um, in Psalm one forty seven three that he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Um, and with that, I can even say that he will do exceedingly more than that. Um, like I said, I was in a relationship for five years. I wouldn't necessarily call it toxic. Um, he didn't, like, beat me or anything like that. Um, But I knew the whole time that he was not who I was going to spend the rest of my life with because of how unhealthy our relationship was. And for that, I spent way too much time with him. Um, and having to make the decision to, which it was, it was my decision to be done with it. Um, the things that the Lord did in and through me in the time of healing, I can't even get into tonight because I don't have enough time. Um, but just take my word for it that... Um, If you know that the Lord does not want you to be in that relationship, the Lord doesn't want you to be in anything um, that is purposely harming you and that you have control to get yourself out of, um, first of all. And so in that, he will not only heal your broken heart, but he will do stuff through you to prepare you for a healthy relationship that is going to make you happy and not question, like I said earlier um, what you're doing and make you hurt and make you cry and make you want to eat cupcakes all the time. Um, so, <laughs> um, also in that, um, in first Corinthians 1533, um, bad company ruins good morals. Um, so it's just, like I said, going to keep bringing you down, um, and hindering not only you as a woman, but as a follower of Jesus. um, my high school pastor all through um he was my middle school pastor and then he even moved up with us when we were in high school um so I had him for seven years of my life um he always said show me your friends and I'll show you your future same thing goes in relationships um try dating a scumbag and see what happens three years from now in that relationship probably not going to be too good um Like I said, there's no solid foundation there. Christ doesn't want you in something that is going to harm you and bring you down and distract you from what he has made you for and called you to do. Um, So with that said, dating somebody at y'all's age five years older than you probably is the same um, toxicity. Is that the right term? Um, Most older guys... um, who are wanting into a high school girl's life probably are not in it for the right reasons or intentions. Um, most of the time, it's all out of manipulation, um, and like I said, it's going to into bad news one way or the other. Most of the time, um, I'm sure that there are times that it's worked out fine, but I can't attest to that. So... Um, my opinion is no. <laughs> um, and I think she kind of had something to go off of that as well. So I just wanted to say, at the most, you guys are 18 in here. So a guy that's
1: five years older would be 23. You guys don't have the same um, goals. You're not going for the same things. He's definitely not going for the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, although... I don't think being with somebody older, because I married somebody significantly older than me, but I was 28 when I met him. So um, I think when you're in that life stage, that's totally different. But when you're in high school and he is five years older than you, there's like nothing good that's going to come from that.
0: So that would just be my addition. Um, So we only have like three minutes left before we need to go to groups. Um, But we each kind of wanted to give you just one quick like word of advice um well I know I was and you had something Mm -hmm. right and you got something okay so we so we do have stuff for y'all so I was when I was thinking about this I was trying to think if like me as a high schooler if I was like sitting in the front row what would I want to say now as a 23 year old um like what would I want to say to 16 year old Mary Um, and my advice to myself and hopefully to y'all would be that, um, just because a boy likes me doesn't mean that I have to date him. Um, I don't know, maybe if y'all, if y'all feel that way or like, if y'all are like, yeah, I know. But for some reason in high school, I felt like if I didn't date somebody that like I was like, and, and he liked me that like no one else was ever going to like me again. Um, I guess. And, and also, um, that just because you make mistakes doesn't make you a mistake. Um, I spent a good bit of my high school, and even after high school, and even with, like, loving Jesus and all of that, like, thinking that, because I had made some pretty big mistakes, that I was a mistake. Um, And that took, like, a while for God to kind of, like, bring that to light and to kind of redeem that in me um, and stuff like that. So hopefully that encourages y'all.
1: If I had one or two things, I would want to tell you uh, the first one is, to take the pressure off um to date in high school if that's not where you are or if you feel like everyone is dating and you have to date. Um, I just want you guys to feel freedom and release from that because uh when I was in high school in college I felt that pressure a lot like all oh, my friends are dating and I just don't feel like any of these guys are worth dating. Um or, it, or that also brings you to a place where you're you end up dating the wrong person and then you go down that cycle. Um, And then with that, I'd like to say that when you're walking with God and you're in his word, um, you know him well and you know his heart and you know what he's leading you towards and he's going to lead you towards the right person. So um, just take that pressure off. And also, um, I mentioned this before, but if you are sexually active, um, just remember that everything that you're doing in high school, in your relationships, you are making an investment, whether good or bad, into your marriage. And to really think about that and to also think about that God did design sex for marriage. And there's a reason. And you probably won't understand that until you're married one day.
2: Um, and lastly, which I've kind of said it a million times tonight and kind of banking off Mary, um, I, through high school, never knew what it was like to be filled up um, fully um, and be satisfied with who I was as a person and then who I was in my relationships. Um, And if there's one thing that I can encourage you guys to do, um, it's just to chase after Jesus and he is going to open your eyes to what you deserve and what you need. Um, And um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I've said it a million times. That was just where I went wrong. I was being filled up by all the wrong things and ultimately it left me completely empty and not satisfied, and once you allow Jesus to fill you up, nothing can mess that up or take it away from you, and he's only going to put um, not only a boy, but the right people in your life to make sure that your brim stays full, Um, and when the distractions and the crap comes, you're going to be so full that you're not going to be able to let those things take you down, Um, so just chase after him and really what he wants for you, and he'll open your eyes to um, what you need. Um, So, yeah. We love y'all. God,
0: thank you so much for tonight, Lord. Uh, God, we just love you. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you that, um, God, even though we make mistakes, that we're not mistakes. um, Especially, um, Lord, because you don't make mistakes. Um, God, thank you for, uh, God, just giving us the desires for things. Um, Help us to Um, respect you in those desires and honor you with those desires and be able to um, just kind of weed out the bad desires as well, God. So we just ask that we continue to lay everything before you, um, God, just with open hands. And um, as we continue to go to groups, God, I pray that um, you be glorified just in that conversation, um, just in our words and in our actions. Um, And we just pray over all of these girls and um, their hearts. God, and that um, you would just continue to bless them this week, and that you would continue to um, just give them little um, bits of wisdom and truth as they continue on this week at school. So we love you so much. It's in your name that we pray this. Amen.